This is The Industry. A show built by the working class for the working class. If you have a job, this is the podcast for you. Here is your host, Levi Jett. Welcome back to the industry. So happy you could be joining us today alongside Carlos Correa. My name is Levi Jett. Carlos, how's it going today, man? Oh, it is going. Um, not The weather's not that great, man, but can't complain. Why right not? Here. What's going on up in the neck of the woods, man? That's you hot know, here. It's... I don't know about you. It's hot. It's fr- it, As you can tell, I still have a hoodie on. Um, it's yeah. like we, us in the Midwest like to, to say it's fresh. Um, but yeah, I don't it's know. Not. You, you like to say that it's fresh. Nobody else <laughs> in the entire Midwest says that ever. That's, that's a you word. <laughs> maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's a Chicago thing, man. I, I say it a lot. People out here say maybe, it a lot. Maybe. So for, for no, everyone like, that, like that is in Indiana, fresh in Indiana has always meant like cool. Or trendy, like oh, that's oh. fresh. Like 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 the outfit's fresh, not that it's fresh. Like it's cold enough to take your breath away. No, fresh, fresh. Like it's when when we say fresh, it's like it's a nice windy overcast day where you could wear a hoodie and some shorts. So it's not cold, but it's it's fresh. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Hoodie and shorts is the official Midwestern outfit <laughs> for fall and spring, mainly fall. There you go. But um, yeah, man. So no, it's uh, it's hot here. Like it's it's very humid. We got a chance of storms later today. I'm hoping they come earlier than later, um, just to kind of break the heat a little bit. You know, like all winter and all spring all the crap weather we go through the whole time. I'm like, man, like I can't wait for the summer. Can't wait for the heat. Can't wait for it to be hot. Like I want it to be 90 degrees. And then it gets here and I'm like, man, it's, you know, maybe 80 degrees here right now. It is a little humid out, a little stick, but still like it's nothing compared to what it's going to be in a few weeks and a few months. Um, but you know, uh, it's not bad, man. We, uh, Went down, went, uh, did some fishing this morning, and um, I was the family champion of fishing. Caught a couple fish, and um, Bailey caught a big, big, big ass catfish. Um, and then I caught a, a smaller fish and some other fish. And what to call it? I mean, it was super, super small. Like, I, I didn't even think I had anything really on the hook as I was pulling it out and like Morgan called it out and she was like, Hey, you caught something. And I was like, what? So, um, <laughs> but you, it, it's you funny need, uh... when you're fishing, you know, like, it's... do you guys need a fishing license? Say what? Do you guys need a fishing license down there? Um, yeah. So if you're in, I think it's public waters, you do, um, but in like private waters, you don't. 
But the good thing about Indiana, so me being a disabled combat veteran, um, I actually get a free fishing license and so does my family. So, um, you know, now granted, like today, you know, we were, you know, fishing at one of the private ponds here in our private lakes, whatever you want to call it here. So, um, you know, we didn't need that, but it's crazy that when you're fishing, man, like how, as soon as something grabs that, whatever it is, you know, your mind just races about what it could be. And then like, as you're fighting it, you're like, I'm, you know, I'm pulling up like a sunken ship, you know, like you don't know what it is because <laughs> under the water, you know, and I got a mermaid, guys. pulled up and it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, mermaid. And, um, yeah, but it ends up, you know, being a stick or like a fucking can or, you know, I mean, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, but what sucks, man, about fishing to me is that you're there, you know, you're by the water, it's hot as ball and all I want to do is swim. Like, I don't want to fish. Uh, you know, like I want to mm-hmm. stand there and keep sweating. Like I want to jump in the water. Um, so yeah. And, and like the, the private lakes around here, obviously you can't swim. Um, there's signs posted. We're like no swimming, no diving, no ice fishing or what was it? something else too, but weird it's, sign. it's all, it's all liability. Um, man. No, for sure. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, so how you like my haircut, man? It, it looks very Levi ish. Um, okay. Okay. You're, I'll, I'll take that. Up. I, didn't, I, I didn't know if you're growing out your hair or I didn't, I didn't even ask. I just, cause I, don't, I normally don't like asking people, you know, if you like, if you want to grow out your hair, grow out your hair, you know, yeah. it's, it's whatever. Everyone has their choice. Yeah. No, no. But, um, it's, it's very nope. high and tight. As they say yeah, in yeah. the services, right? Yeah, the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Good job. Points for Carlos. Um, no, I, uh, uh, I did this myself, man. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of proud of it. I mean, um, I cut my hair like in, during COVID, when everything was shut down, and I was like, you know what? Like, I could just do the buzz cut. Um. But, you know, I, I wanted to try to give myself a high and tight. And I did it then. And I didn't think it looked that bad. And then um, I did it again a few months back. Because, um, so, like, where I live, we've got maybe four, maybe five barbershops or, like, haircutting places or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. But they're always packed all of them and there's like two that are you know up here and they do a fantastic job but one of those places doesn't take reservations doesn't take appointments and then the other place does but they you know they have shitty availability anyway like the hours are hit or miss the days are hit or miss so and then um then you got like you know like your great clips and stuff like that which you know they don't do it, you know, a bad job or nothing, but again, like they're crowded and, um, I don't want to sit there and like, you know, two hours somewhere to get this. I mean, come on, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, asking a lot for someone to cut my hair. I mean, it's just <laughs> this. So, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, man. So that's what's been going on with me though, man. I mean, it's, um, 
nice uh, Indiana late spring weekend. Indi- I mean, it, it's really exciting time around here because, you know, May we've got the, um, the Indy 500 coming up. So people are kind yeah. of excited for that. Um, we had the, the Grand Prix race is today. Um, and then we had, so you know the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson number four overall. And we're hoping that that's going to be our quarterback of the future. Um, the Pacers are in the lottery. So the lottery for the NBA is, I think, uh, Tuesday. Um, when this show will actually release is Tuesday. So the same day the Pacers will learn their fate as far as where they pick in the NBA draft. But really, man, like there's some optimism around here in the sports world. Um, you know, people are excited about what the future could hold. I mean, the, 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 for the thing that looks pretty bright, the future for the Colts, um, most people think looks pretty bright. I'm still skeptical. Uh, so we'll see, but, um, and I mean, like, you know, you're, you kind of know this more than others being a bears fan. I mean, you know, you guys have been doing the Bears for a very long, long time. You finally got your guy in Justin Fields, right? Yeah, I, I, I would, um, I mean, I think so. Um, I always said, you know, if, if, if the bears were to draft someone, I, you know, I was hoping it would be someone like Justin Fields. I was actually, um, I don't know if we talked about this before. I had watched Justin Fields play in high school because he was on a Netflix show called Friday Night Lights or something along those lines. <clears throat> and then I followed him um, into that um, Elite 11, I think it's called. I watched them on YouTube. So it's a bunch of like the top 11 or the top 20 uh like best the nation's best quarterbacks to go to this yeah, you know that's cool so you know and i watched them join the the georgia bulldogs and then i watched them transfer to oh, ohio wow. state and i was like man you know if we were to pick up this kid i think we'd win a super bowl and dude we picked him up and i mean i i personally think he he was he's gonna take us there so let me ask you this <clears throat> because you know, for this past draft, you know, from Ohio State, a lot of people um, around here, you know, was kind of hoping maybe somehow he falls to us or some, you know, how we up select him. Uh, you know, there, there was not too much as far as what was wrong with C.J. Stroud, but one of the criticisms that came to be was you know the fact that he has you know at Ohio State he had five receivers on that team that will very likely be playing next level um and you know so at that point I mean it's got to make your life pretty easy as a quarterback to sit there and be able to throw to people like Mark Harry where be triple covered and still come down with the ball so sometimes, you know, the criticism on Ohio State players is that, you know, Ohio State or even, you know, Alabama, Georgia, these these schools are you're playing at these schools is too easy because of the talent you have around you. And then when these guys were drafted, again, like C.J. Stroud, he, you know, he's going to the Houston Texans now. And, I mean, you know, like 
the talent level with people around that team is not the same as kind of what he experienced at Ohio state. So what's, what's kind of your take on that? Uh, when you, when you think about Justin Fields? Well, first off, I think people, normal people, or just any people that aren't playing that sport at that time can talk a lot of nonsense. Um, of course. I could sit here and say, you know, CJ Stroud, you know, he had the be- you know, some of the best wide receivers in college football, but really, man, it takes talent to get the ball to that exact location of where the guy's hands are going to be. I can't do it. You know, even if I had all the best wide receivers, I would not be able to get that hand, you know, the ball in their hands in triple coverage, right. you know, like I can't do yeah. that. <laughs> and I, you know, like For the sure. people that are talking all those nonsense, I mean, I, I, unless they were a quarterback, like it's not, it yeah. looks easy, you know, like, oh yeah, this guy could just jump, you know, he has, he's the best wide receiver. He could just grab the ball at any time, but nah, man, it takes talent to get the ball there. So, and even to throw the football perfectly, you know, like not everyone can oh, do sure. that. So no. it, 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 it takes, no. and I think those guys deserve it. I mean, they went uh, at, a, at a high round pick and they're very talented, man. And Justin Fields, I mean, he's up there. Not only can he throw the ball, but this guy can run the ball. Like, I don't think a Bears, the Bears have had a quarterback on his level Shit, I, I don't even remember when was the last time they had a quarterback that was not only a good, you know, thrower, but he could move. Like, I don't think I've seen that in my era. I mean, we had Mitch Trubisky, but uh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could do a whole episode on, like, the... And again, if this was a sports podcast, we could do a whole episode about the the failing quarterbacks of the Bears. <sighs> It'd be a depressing episode. <laughs> Don't worry, because the next episode could be talking about um, just the Colts' ineptness over the past, you know, decade, and then you know we can double up and talk about how the Pacers never won an NBA championship. And relive all the uh, the lows of that franchise, and I'd be just as depressed. To this day, they still haven't won. One. No. So the Pacers won three ABA championships back when there was two leagues, and really the Pacers were like a very dominant team in that league. Um, and around here, you know, I don't have it, but of like the older generation that you know, watched that team, like watched those teams and, and, and um, was watching the ABA. There's some pride there that it's like, hey, like, yeah, we haven't won one in the NBA. But, you know, again, when it was like this, we were the team. Um, but no, man, I mean, we, the Pacers, to me, have been kind of unique in far as their timing has been god-awful. Um when they are good, they find themselves running into, you know, some of the best other teams. So, you know, in, in the nineties, um, you know, we had to surround and you know, the playoff series, these series with the, and try to get past them 
and you know, finally we did um, in 1998. You know, we're able to the Eastern Conference Finals, but you know, who was there waiting on us? It was Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, and you know that that series went to seven games, and in Game Seven, with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I think we had like a six point. Doesn't sound like much now in '90s basketball it was a pretty substantial lead, and but the game just fell out of our grasp. And then you know you fast forward to your, uh, that same team experience. It's now the coach, and uh, we make it to our first first ever and still to this day only NBA Finals appearance. And who's there waiting on us? It's the show Kobe Bryant Lakers. Um, and that was, the, you know, the first win of their dynasty. And so it's forward a little bit, you know, and now the Pacers kind of rebuild a little bit. Reggie Miller's still there, but you bring in people like Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest. And then you have the brawl, the infamous brawl in Detroit. And that really derailed any chance of, of us doing anything. But, you know, and even that ascensions and all the setbacks, he still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals to play. And, but again, you know, just didn't have the same chemistry, the same, you know, just messing with a lot of stuff. And, um, and then from there, it was kind of the dark ages. And we had kind of a resurgence maybe around 2011 um, for a few mm-hmm. years and uh, had a, had a decent team, but, you know, again, ran into the buzz of the Miami heat and LeBron James. So it, you know, it was always like a, you know, the, the, the team was good enough, um, but you know, just couldn't get it done. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of um, heartbreak being a Pacers fan. And really, over the, I mean, growing up, it, it was exciting because you, you know, we were always in the playoffs, always in the mix, always felt like you may have a chance. But really, man, the last 10 years, 15 years, I mean, it's been, there's been a few highlight years around, you know, here or there, but it, it's overall been pretty depressing. I think as, as a fan of, any game, I think we all go through heartbreaks up and down. I mean, there's teams that have their stint and go, you know, back to back or, you know, keep winning, but not everyone can stay perfect. Not everyone can stay a champion. I mean, there's going to be other teams that are going to be able to to afford these type of players and, you know, try to get them over on their team. So nothing ever stays like that um, unless you're kind of like the Patriots, but even then, like, you know, if Patriots fan had their turn and now it's, you know, the Chiefs, you know, the Patriots aren't really a big buzz in, um, I mean, not that I'm saying they're not a big buzz, obviously they are, but, you know, now it's like, you hear other teams now, like, like I said, the Chiefs, you know, are up there, you know, someone that, you know, we wouldn't expect, but the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals are up there, you know, so we all have our ups and downs in sports, but it's just the way it is, man. 
Well, I think that's a perfect sentiment to kind of wrap up the sports conversation. We could go all day, but unfortunately, this isn't really a sports podcast. So let's turn the page a little bit. So you had kind of a, a topic that you wanted to to bring to the podcast, and I'll I'll let you go ahead and take it from here. So the topic that um. I kind of been interested in talking about um, is really something that I'm going through now. And it's um, trying to get respect um, as a young leader in the industry um, when your workforce is a lot older than you. Um, and within talking about other, you know, with it, with other peers in the industry, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in. Um, Cause first off, I mean, the respect isn't there. Let's really, let's, let's be realistic. I mean, if I was working somewhere for 15, 10 plus years and you know, my boss is a lot older than me or, or we're around the same age. And then, you know, we're getting to the age where he's moving on <clears throat> and they bring in fresh new people because we all um, in any industry um, want to look at the generation below us, you know, and, and teach them so we can, they can continue the business. They can continue into the industry and, and build on what we have built. So, you know, and, and, and it, I think anyone, it, you don't have to be in, in this industry. I think everyone goes through it where, they have a boss that's younger than us, or you become that boss, and now your workforce is, you know, ten years older than you, twenty years older than you, you know. And again, it's it's trying to get that respect from those people. And for me, when I started, my boss was or my manager. He told me, he's like, "Hey, man, just get the respect. Show them how you work, and that's how they're going to respect you." Um. I was kind of iffy on that. I didn't know if that was all true. Um, I think there's other ways in in trying to get that respect, not only just showing them that, hey, I can work too, but it's really, it's, I, for me, how, how I've been doing it is, obviously I respect them. I want, I treat them like I want to be treated. But I don't, not only that, like me and you have had conversations about you know our our managers and 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 stuff in the past and one thing that we always talked about was man like no one listens to us like why is it our upper management listening to us that are out in the field so and i took that to heart and i mean i listen to my guys every friday we have a meeting and it's supposed to be like a five minute safety meeting but it turns into like a 15 minute um meeting where I just let them talk, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I, we go over the safety stuff and then I open up the floor and I'm like, Hey man, like right now let's talk, let's have a conversation. You know, what's going on on your, and your crew, what's going on in your crew? Like, is there anything I could help with? Cause I, I'm, you know, I'm here to help now, you know, I'm here to be a leader. I'm here to help. I'm not here to be your boss. I'm not here to tell you what to do, which I mean, that's what I was hired to do, but I, I want to show you that, I'm here to work along with you, not you working for me. So that's the route I've been taking it, man. And and 
it's been working. I got my guys respect, but there's a couple guys that it's like like two of them that I really can't break, man. I can't not that I'm you know breaking, but I can't really get on their good side. I don't know. I don't understand. And they're like around my age, so I don't know if it's. I asked one of my younger guys. I'm like, man, what do you think this is? Like, why why do you think this guy? You know, questions what I say, and he's like, I think it's you know it's jealousy and maybe that's 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 one thing i didn't even think about it but it could be like man you know like we're in the same boat but you're my boss like how, you know how does that happen or how do i get there i, I really i haven't really asked because i don't want to disrespect anyone but it's that whole like how do we get past the age gap and look at each other as peers or look at each other as coworkers? you know how do how do we do that without having to show one another, hey, this is what I could do, you know, or, or you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to get to say? I don't know if you've dealt with it. Yeah, for sure. Sure. I mean, so, you know, there's, there's definitely on here. And, you know, so right away, like the, the age difference, you know, it, it reminds me of the military in a way. So, in the military and all branches of the military, you have you know, two sides. Um, you know, uh, you, you just have two sides. So you have your enlisted side and you have your commissioned. And so is the, the 18 year old kid or, you know, the age doesn't matter, but you know, you go up to the recruitment on the army. Okay. You know, you're going to start off as a private. And so you're going to start off in the enlisted world and you're going to go from private and you're going to work your way up. Now, the other side of that is commissioned. This, this looks like, Hey, I'm going to go to college first, get a four year degree and then join. And instead of coming as a private, I'm going to come in as a second Lieutenant and this thing are so, and then my path moving up is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a commissioned officer the entire time. Now, it, it's not just one is the other, because you know, from starting starting at private, you know, you can do sergeant, staff sergeant, um, start first class, major first. I mean, and, and you know, once you get to those sergeant ranks, um, you are a non-commissioned officer, so you you are still looked at as you know a a very you know serious leader. Um, but again, it's just kind of the experience is different. And then you have that opportunity because a lot of people do, they'll join as a private and then they'll start going to college. They'll use that GI bill and then kind of, you know, transfer over to the side. Um, but, you know, look at it because there's a lot of different examples that I can give, but, you know, the, the one on that I'll run with is that, that, you know, so if you take company size element, I'm not talking about a company as, you know, civilians think of a company, but a company in the military yeah, is, you know, an amount of group, you know, so a company is often made up of, you know, three or four platoons. And so you're looking at maybe, you know, around a couple hundred soul in a company. So each of these platoons are going to have leaders 
and but the company is going to have an overall leader too. And the way they do this is they use you know they use two different leaders. So you have uh, you know again going back to company you're for sergeant as the 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 top non-commissioned officer for that company. And then you're going to have a captain as a commissioned officer of that company. Now that captain and that first work together to to run that company, to run that unit, to train that unit, to prepare them for battle, to prepare them for whatever they need to do. They work with uh, you know underneath them to make sure that they have everything that they need. But when you look at a captain and a first sergeant, I mean they could not be more different. You know, a first sergeant is likely to have you know fifteen to maybe twenty years in service as an enlisted soldier. Um, a captain, you know, might only have, you know, maybe four years in, um, but they have a college degree. And so typically, you know, again, that can be much younger than that first sergeant. And there is a, you know, sometimes they're, you know, they are at odds, um, especially when it comes to ideas and, you know, ways to, um, carry out tasks and ways to motivate and all this stuff. And then, you know, you look you down a, a level, you look, look at the platoon level. So the same sort of thing, you know, the, the top non-commissioned officer in a platoon is going to be a Sergeant first class or perhaps a, a staff Sergeant at times, but, and then the, um, the top commissioned officer is going to be either a second or first Lieutenant. And again, you know, you look at a second, Lieutenant, he's fresh college with all, you know, military experience. And now you're picking him up with, you know, someone who's a sergeant first class, which again, you know, that person likely has at least 10 years of, of military experience. Um, and again, you know, could be, you know, cause it's not a time-based promotion on the enlisted side. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's merit, um, and opportunity based. So, you know, you don't really have um, a direct timeline for people to move up. You know, you could be a, a sergeant first class and be in a year. You could be, you know, a private and be in years. You know, like you, you, you have to, to to do the things to get moved up. But still, the point is that you know sometimes they're and you know this this example kind of reminds me of of that breakdown. But the you know the military to kind of best of both worlds. You know, you have an officer that, you know, again, like they're going, you know, they've, they went through college, they have a four year degree, you know, so they're, they're, they're going to um, have a well-rounded ed education. Um, you know, again, they're, they're younger, so they might have a different <clears throat> viewpoint of the world. Um, especially in this day and age, you know, they're going to be, you know, uh, much more familiar, uh, with technology and, then on the flip of that, you know, that Sergeant first class, first Sergeant, you know, they've got almost, you know, their entire life, you know, serving yeah. and they've, they've through a lot, they've experienced a lot, they may have deployed, you know, a handful of times and have all this experience. So they pair them together so that again, that can kind of help groom that captain 
because I want, you know, if, if he does everything right, eventually that captain may not really. His progress through, he's going to be able to look back and thank that first sergeant, you know, to helping, to helping them, you know, groom and, and become, become a better officer. Um, so I think that, you know, on, on one side, you know, you as a leader should look at it from that lens to a point of, Hey, you know, like these guys can help me become better from, you know, their experience. And there's a lot that they can teach me. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and then I think that kind of, you know, going forward too, you have to ask yourself the question, you know, like you, you mentioned that there's a couple of guys that you're still not really, you know, um, that friendly with or whatever. You know, I think the, the question needs to be asked is, you know, do you have to have that relationship you're seeking with everyone that you're, that you're in charge of? Because, you know, I, I would make the argument that because at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't the guys that you're managing took a vote and put you in charge. You mm -hmm. know, it, it was the person that you answer to that gave you this opportunity. So at the end of the day, you know, they've got to, you know, they've got to accept that. If they can, it's their problem. Um, the, the, the guys that, you know, are right around your age group, you know, again, they probably are wondering, okay, like how does this guy just walk in here and now he's, you know, doing the job that I want to do. Um, and, and there's, there's often jealousy um, when it comes to that, not just in landscaping, but literally anywhere. Um, yep. People that have been, you know, busting their ass for years, you know, for, for opportunity. But I mean, really, like, again, it, it goes back to that individual. They, they got to ask themselves, hey, you know, obviously, you know, the the top boss you know, didn't didn't see what he needed to in me. Or, you know, maybe I'm lacking in some way. Um, you know, what do I need to do differently moving forward? Now, that's a very mature way to think. And, and not everyone's like that. No. Um, the, the people who continuously, you know, strive for self-improvement tend to, you know, pay attention to things. And because they're stopping these guys going to you or going to the boss and saying, Hey, you know, like what's my step in moving up? Like, how do I go from where I'm at to here? You know, or again, you know, have you know, what do you want out of this job? hundred percent. You know, where, where do you see your company? And, you know, having those types of questions and then, you know, it, it can be on you as a leader to maybe, you know, instigate some of those conversations from time to time. Um, you know, I, I found that, you know, you don't want to have a conversation like that every day. Um, you know, but again, maybe when you do employee reviews, that's something that you ask, you know, Hey man, like, you know, is, you know, do you want to be a, you know, I, I don't even know the positions. I mean, you know, you want to be a labor, you're gonna be a landscape designer, like, what, like, you know, do you want to do that for the next 20 years or, you know, do you want to get up into, you know, a field manager level or, you know, be in charge of estimating or, 
you know, whatever, or, or, and, you know, um, maybe there's not a spot for you here where you want to be, but we can help you get the experience, get the education because shoot, man, like many, many, many years ago when I was a restaurant manager, um, you know, I, I always said kind of to myself, like, and people here that are washing dishes or they're, or they're a cook, man, this might not be what you want to do for the rest of your life. And, you know, in, in the restaurant business, I mean, you know, turnover is constant. Um, it's rampant. So my thing was, all right, you know, I'm probably lose these people anyway through normal turnover at some point. Maybe I could start having conversations with them though, about like, what, like, what are they working toward working here and having those types of conversations. And again, you know, because Hey, like if, if I can help them, you know, maybe it's something as simple as they're working here because they suck at interviewing. And so this was the best job they could get. Okay. Well, Hey, like, let's, you know, why don't you come in early one day or stay late one day and I'll help you, you know, with interviewing skills and we can have a conversation. We can talk about this. Um, and again, I mean like, you know, the, the possibilities from there, you know, are, are endless on, you know, what you could see as an answer, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's just, you know, having the conversations, but also being true to yourself and realizing that, you know, not everyone has to, has to like you or, or, or even respect no. you. I mean, like that's yeah. a, that, that, you know, that's the, you don't have to like me, but you have to, you know, but you will respect me as a line for the movies. You know, that's bullshit. Um, but you know, if, if you're going to be here taking a paycheck, you're going to listen to me, you know? Um, so I think that maybe moving forward, um, I don't know, you know, just continue to try. Don't give up, you know, but really no, that, you know, all, all you like, all you have to prove is this is why your boss hired you. And, oh, and, and, and they know and that. They, and like, they know that my, I mean, my manager has no issue with me. I mean, I've been told I've been doing a good job and, but the thing is, man, is these guys they don't want the responsibility man they 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 say over and over again like i would i don't want your job it's too much pressure it's too much responsibility but you know like and and i try to i'm not you know and and you know this i i everywhere i go like i i say you know i i i'm not here to make friends i'm here to do my job if i make friends that's always a plus um and, you know i told you when we were working at case like that that you know i came here to work and i mean i showed you I, I was there to work and and that's what we were but i mean we have this friendship that i mean we've been shit we've been friends for you for a couple of years now so that was a plus that that um that i talk about but and i tell these guys man like i'm here to make your job easier in a way um because there there before there was a language barrier um, and now there is no language barrier. I want to make it easier. I want you to understand better. I, you know, I want you guys to be great because if you guys aren't great, then 
that means I'm not doing my job. If I can't train these guys to be able to do my job and do it correctly, maybe even do it better, then I'm not a good leader. You know, that's what us leaders are, are there to do. Like, if these, if you can train a guy to take over your job, that makes moving up easier. And that's what I tell, tell my guys all the time. Like, it'll be easier if I move up, someone's moving into this position. Let's all work together. We're a team. But I don't know, man. This this older workforce is, for me, how I see it is they're comfortable where they are, where they are. Um, but you know, those are the type of people that don't move up. The type of people that move up are people that don't don't get comfortable, that don't want to just sit in one place and make the same amount of money and doing the same thing, you know for years you know and and that's what i told my guys i'm like i'm I, you know i am here and but i'm not going to be here for you know, obviously i'm going to stick with the company but if i can move up that's that's my goal in this company like i see everything as a career and they should too but it's hard to sure. to have people think that way like maybe this is a career for me but because no one looks at an industry it's a, a blue collar industry as a career they look at it as a job So my dad, um, you know, he's a welder and he's been a welder all of his life. Um, and the company he works for now, he's been there ew, probably rapid, like, you know, very, very close to 30 years. Um, and it was probably back. I don't know. Maybe when I was in high school, maybe it was a little bit after that, but you know, I remember we always used to have, um, like these, you know, we call them garage talks, you know, like where we'd go out bowling or something and, you know, come home and, um, you know, like he'd, you know, drink beer and, you know, I'd sit there and chain smoke cigarettes and we'd, you know, talk for hours about all sorts of things. But one time I asked him, you know, I said, why, why don't you try to get promoted? Because he'd been offered um, a promotion route a few times would he and you know he, he basically said the same sort of thing that your guys said you know hey like you know a, a promotion from where I'm at you know, would be like a leader or whatever it's called and once I'm a leader then now I'm responsible for everyone else's work on that team and myself in a position where if somebody else isn't carrying their weight, I'm the one that could be fired. Mm -hmm. And so again, you know, it, it's a it, comfortability is, is one way to look at it, but it's also security. You know, it, it's, it's job security. If, if you're, if, if, if you're in a position where you just have to worry about you and what you're doing, then there, there, there are no risk, but you know, don't get comfortable and, and want to strive for more. I mean, there's, there's risk with that. And, and you know, it, it, it's, um, it's the way you want it to. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you know, it was something even still to this day, man, like I, I understand where my dad's coming from, mm -hmm. you know, but it's something that just kind of drove me crazy, you know, 
over over the years in my head because it's like, man, like why wouldn't you, you know, take this opportunity because you know it's going to be more money. You know, who knows what lies ahead after team leader? You know, and I mean, welding is a physical job. So as you get older, you know, maybe working a desk job would allow you to work in life if you had to. Um, but again, you know, I mean, he's, you know, and, and it's not just him, like, you know, both of my parents are, are kind of the, you know, cut from the same cloth in that regard where it's, you know, no, like you're happy to have a job. You know, you're not going to really press the envelope too much with a rock the boat. Um, with what's going on, you're just going to do your job, punch in, punch out, collect your paycheck. Thank you very much. Move on about life. And that, that makes sense, man. Cause I mean, if I'm, I'm a, a I mean, I'm, I'm a father for the first time. Um, so thinking about losing my job and not being able to provide for my family, my child, um it's scary it, it is scary i'm not gonna say it's not it, it, it is 100 scary but if you don't take a risk man there's not gonna be a reward if you don't if you don't think outside the box then what what, what kind of purpose do you have and i i know we're getting kind of deep but for me it's you know a purpose like i i not that i need a purpose but I was, I came to this earth. I'm, I'm, I'm alive for a reason and I'm going to find that purpose. I can't just keep my mind in a box and just be like, oh, what if, you know, I, I go out and do this or I take a risk and do that. Like, no, let's do it. Let's see where I end up. You know, like what I've picked up in all my years of taking risk is experience, man. And that's what's gotten me where I've, where I've been in, in, in these companies that I work for. And, you know, I'm grateful for the experience, you know, that, that I've had and everyone I met and all the, the information I hold, man. And for me, it's, it's a valuable thing. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the purpose comment, you know, to me, it, it, it kind of reminds me like people say, you know, we have a soulmate, you know, if, so to me, you know, say that there's, you know, you know, five people out there in, in the entire world that may you probably and, and they're your soulmate. I mean, but again, it's, it's, it's five people and it's not accounting for people that, you know, you may find really attractive or it's not five people that might be the same age as you, you know, it's not five people that may speak the same language or be in the same country. And to me, you know, purpose is sort of like that too, where you may, maybe your purpose was, um, you know, I don't even know, like, you know, creating chat GPT, maybe that was your purpose, but somewhere previously in life, you know, you missed out on the calling of an IT profession. And so that passed you by and, and now you're left with, you know, making the best of the hand that you dealt now. So, you know, cause I, I've, you know, I think about the time to, um, and, but it's one of those things, you know, you look at history of the world and, 
you know, what's happening now. And, and just, I mean, you know, how many people uh, in like percentage wise of world population since it exists have really had a purpose that, you know, changes the course of history or, you know, makes this big splash or, you know, and, or again, you know, how many people really realize purpose, you know, and, and, and come, you know, and, and see something and realize, Hey, this, this is what I was, you know, this is what I was born to do. I mean, you know, you look at someone like, you know, Tom Brady, his purpose, you know, will be the greatest quarterback the NFL has ever seen. And, you know, but like at what point, even now that he's retired, you know, do you think that, you know, he's sitting in his mansion somewhere and thinking about purpose and you know what, you know, I, I think I nailed it. You know, I, I think that, you know, that was my purpose because purpose too is one of those things where, you know, like we, we talk about it as if it's a destination, you know, but to me it's an ongoing thing mm-hmm. because now if, if Tom Brady's sitting there saying, you know, that was my purpose then what the hell are you living for now? No, man, you always have a purpose. It's, it's whether you accomplish something or not, there's always something for you to keep doing um, because you don't know who you will impact along that, you know, along that journey. Like Tom Brady impacted a lot of kids, you know what I'm saying? And he could still impact a lot of people. And not only that, I mean, a lot of people can argue he became a GOAT, you know, like, I I don't think Tom Brady ever in his mind was like, oh, you know, this is what I'm going to exactly what I'm going to do. No, he just went with it and took risk, man. If you don't take risk, there's no reward. And now he's sitting in reward, but there's still a purpose. We don't, maybe we call it a purpose, but a lot of people can call it different things. And we just have to keep going because we don't know who who's looking at us and who is following our footsteps because that person, I mean, ultimately it'll, it'll, you know, there's still a lot of people that a lot of rookies that um, get interviewed and it's like, yeah, man, Tom Brady influenced me to keep going, you know, and you know, maybe that that's the purpose of you influencing other people and changing other people's minds and being like, Oh shit. You know, if he could do it, I could do it too. Yeah, no, that's that is exceptionally well said. You, you've made a lot of good points this uh, this week, man. Um, did, a, did a very good job um, as you sit there and drink your bottled water. Um, <laughs> but that is pretty much about all we have for this week. Before we let you go, wanted to uh, do a little bit of self promotion. Mention a few things. So uh, the way we've kind of planned this out is that uh, I think we're going to run. Uh, so right now we're in season one of our, of our podcast. Um, so looking at running about four episodes of season one, this being one of them and um, having an end date of season one, right around July 15th. And then we're going to take a little bit of hiatus um, and just kind of, you know, regroup um, and, you know, uh, do our homework and, and do what we need to to 
come out with uh, season two, which is going to be on September 9th. Um, so looking forward to it. We got a lot of things, a lot of ideas out there. Um, so going to keep reminding you about it, but from about mid-July through the beginning of September, um, and try to see um, better than season one. So we will keep reminding you of that so you don't think we just disappeared. Um, something else, uh, the Snow and Ice Management Association, the 26th annual Symposium and Trade Show is in Hartford, Connecticut this June. On June 14th, I will be there um, doing a workshop talking about uh, the mock storm training system. And, and this is something that uh, for, for snow operations people out there, uh, it's something I highly recommend to, to look into. It's going to be an educational workshop. Yep. I'm going to kind of show you what I'm talking about, show you you know, how to best use it and implement it in your system um, and really talk about um, a lot of the benefits and byproducts of a good mock storm. Um, if you are not able, oh, and uh, WeatherWorks will be there with me. Um, well, so they'll be there anyway for the trade show, but uh, they will be there with me on stage, uh, helping me give some weather briefings and stuff for this mock storm. So that should be pretty cool. Shout if you cannot make... Yeah, absolutely. All day. If you cannot make uh, the Simus Symposium, um, it's too far. You got stuff going on. I understand. But if you are still interested in learning about that mock storm, I will be at two other events uh, coming up over the course of the summer. Uh, they are going to be both Snowfighter Institute events. One will be June 27th and 28th in Brighton, Michigan. Uh, that's going to be put on by the hot pink de-icer. Um, so that's going to be, that should be fun. Um, the hot pink de-icer guys are pretty cool. They're pretty funny. Great people. Uh, great people. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty awesome to hang around. It's a great company. Um, and then after that, uh, September and 7th in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, uh, they'll be doing another operational form. This one will be hosted and put on by Caterpillar. Um, so again, uh, fantastic opportunity. If you wanted to learn more about what uh, Cat can do for your business, as far as you know, um, as far as buying equipment or leasing equipment, repairing equipment, whatever. Uh, no matter where you are in the country, they can help you um, and you know help you reach out to uh, be that can work with you in your area. So again, that is Sima Symposium, June 14th, uh, the Snowfighters Institute, June 27th and 28th in Brighton, Michigan, September 6th and 7th in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Um, but yes, so that is all we have for this week. We thank you so much for tuning in again. The Shout out to all the mothers out there. And until um, then, we are recording this on Mother's Day weekend. So shout out to all the mothers. Um, single mothers, married mothers, yes. whatever kind of mother you are, all the mothers out there, it's your weekend. Enjoy it. We love you. Without you guys, we won't be here. We wouldn't be here. So shout out to all you guys and enjoy it. Good catch, man. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to my wife again and uh, to my mom. 
grandma, everybody in my in uh, my circle all for our, sure. All our uh, women. Good catch, life. man. That would have had me in the doghouse if we didn't mention that, man. Oh yeah, shout out to all the ones, man. Morgan, so, your mom, they're all great people. Shout out to Taylor, my baby's mother. She's awesome. I love her to death. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. Absolutely. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining.